Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel in a good spot based on the way our guys played today. No doubt about that. All sides of the ball. Um, after a, a long home stand, you know, the guys kept our focus and just continued to go out there and have great at-bats, pitch well, you know, play well in the field. I mean, I think our guys showed a lot of different things uh, today. It was, a, it was a great way to cap off a, a great home stand and, and a memorable one at that time. Uh, the Twins pull off the sweep, at least the first part of the home-and-home home sweep, over Double A Pittsburgh at Target Field. Uh, they will now head to beautiful PNC Park. And we have to break a Twins baseball game down like it's a football game. Also, the Wild were in action last night. Fun to have sports to talk about here on the Mackie and Judd Show. And most importantly, a Write That Down Wednesday on the show. All kinds of things coming off the board. Two guest listener participants. But a quick thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company for helping us out here the last few months during a tough pandemic period. And for helping business owners, too through the most tumultuous period of many of those businesses' uh, lives to this point. Federated offers over 100 years' experience in standing behind businesses and offering protection, offering peace of mind, and offering resources that you can access and find out more about at federatedinsurance.com, which is also where you can find your local representative. Remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, I have never experienced this before in my life. I mean, who, only in 2020 would you... Like, we don't have enough to worry about. <laughs> Amazing. Now heading, apparently, away from Target Field. A drone delay? A drone delay? Eight minutes, and I believe uh, Stu Thornley, who was in the press box, timed it eight minutes, 46 seconds, 49 seconds? Yes, a drone delay, <laughs> which, um, as uh, Dick and Justin were talking about there, probably in 2020, is the most fitting thing ever. That we now have to have an entire baseball team pulled off the field because some Yahoo is flying a drone over an empty stadium, by the way, um, for jollies, I guess. But yes, a drone delay is now, if you're keeping the 2020 file of bizarre what's going to be weird next, you've got drone delay in the upper left corner box of um, of your bingo card. You can cover that one up. It's yeah. What, what if, just keeps if, going? If drone delay is on that bingo card, what are the other things that would? Be well, on I don't that want to think about card? some of them because they're pretty pretty bad. Uh, but baseball wise, I mean, baseball wise, if you've got the baseball bingo card for twenty twenty, you're in good shape, right? Mm-hmm. Sixty game season, no DH 
in the National League, which but, is but, probably a small thing. Yeah, runner on second base. Is runner on second base. But if somebody seven had handed, double dips. But if somebody had handed you that bingo card six months ago, you'd be like, "Well, that's not fair." <laughs> oh yeah, why, why did, I'm screwed. Why did Why did Declan get Mike Trout MVP and I got drone, drone delay <laughs> at Target Field? And guess what? You win. You're gonna you win. win. Yeah, you're gonna win. Yeah. Uh, so uh, every day here, we've been breaking down Twins games like they are football games and doing ridiculously over the top deep dives because in a shortened season, baseball games are like football games. They matter a lot more than they would if it was 162 games. Football. So Judd Zolged. Start us off. You got your $30 handwritten scorebook out right now. I was now. at the ballpark yesterday, yes, keeping score. Max Kellerman will join the show, too. We talked to him while you were at the ballpark yesterday. Very so nice. So it's a packed show today. Very nice. All right, baseball as football. All right? I want Football. To, I actually want to come in praise here. I want to break down. So I believe two days ago, I sang the praises of the fact that Jorge Polanco at shortstop has been very good. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, or across the board, basically, he's been very good. But can I do, and I brought this up a few times last year, but I feel with the events of the last week or so, or last five days, that this is worth going back on. Can I sing the praises, and I'm just going to do this defensively, of the fact that last Friday, Josh Donaldson gets hurt. Starting on Saturday night, Marwin Gonzalez is plugged in at third base. Marwin Gonzalez plays, let me go through these, plays some first base, plays some right field, can play some left field, can play some second base. Yes. Uh, and since last Saturday has been playing third base, marvelously. Like, we just accept the fact, until you see bad defense, I don't think you truly appreciate, not great defense, but solid defense, right? Guys that just make plays, guys that make every play. The ball's hit in his vicinity, he makes the play. Marvin Gonzalez, who can play about five or six places in the field, makes every play. Like yesterday again. And I know you're playing the Pirates and the Pirates stink. Um, if I'm a Pirates fan, I'm calling Manfred today and saying, let's do 25 games. In fact, let's do 20. Let's do 15. Let's just get this thing done with. The Twins don't need to play another regular season game the rest of the way. Listen, just- they don't. And, and the St. Louis Cardinals came here infected by the coronavirus, which has killed a ton of hundreds of thousands, right? The Pittsburgh Pirates, who I think are healthy, look far worse than the Cardinals did while playing with the virus. That's how bad Pittsburgh is. But nonetheless, I want to praise the fact that Marwin Gonzalez very easily handles the routine, which we all expect people to do until they don't. So that that's my breakdown of... This is the cornerback who's not flashy. This is the player who, this is the football player who we just sort of accept is there and we don't really think about him. But if he's gone, he's missed. That's Marwin Gonzalez. Well, it's the cornerback who can play some slot, who can play yeah. some safety. Amen. Who can blitz off the edge, who can tackle. I mean, it's Antoine Winfield, right? It's, it's yes. the Swiss Army knife cornerback if we're comparing baseball to football, football. here. And if you look at most World Series winning teams, especially in the last eight to ten years or so, when baseball has migrated more toward analytics and uh, one of the major principles of having having an analytically sound, efficient baseball team is to have at least one or two Swiss Army Knife type players. The 2016 World Series winning Cubs had Ben Zobrist, who could play anywhere. You could put him anywhere in the infield. You could put him in the outfield. He basically didn't pitch play center field and catch. Like, you can put him almost anywhere. Sure. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez was certainly not... Now, the 2017 Astros have a huge asterisk, and they were cheating, and Marwin was part of that cheating process. He was. 
So, so grain of salt big time when it comes to that baseball team. But Marwin Gonzalez was one of a couple different Swiss Army Knife Ninja players on the 2017 Astros. And uh, if you look up and down some of the other World Series winning teams, you're going to find similar examples uh, with the Red Sox in 2018. So if the Twins are indeed planning on winning a World Series this year, having those guys who can play multiple positions in a year in which you might just lose dudes either due to injury or COVID for weeks at a time. And so you, you can't just have like, 25 guys on your roster that only play one position. So Correct. it's nice to know that Marwin Gonzalez isn't just going to come in and and stand there like Matt Tolbert used to and sort of pretend to be a major league ball player. That's, that's He's an I actual yes. major league ball player that can play many different positions. And he, he, huge. he makes plays that we have seen people previously, Sano, make look difficult at third base. And he's not just... You know, a guy who, who plays third he can play, as I said, second base. He can play the outfield. He can play first base. It's a luxury to have Donaldson go out and not have to be completely concerned about, oh, my God, you're going to have to plug in a guy for a week or two weeks or a month. Yeah. I don't know how long, and it could become dicey. By the way, the, the, the guy for the Red Sox I was trying to think of is Brock Holt. I, I, Marwin Gonzalez is better than Brock Holt, but Brock Holt was a guy when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018, mm-hmm. he played second base, he played third base, he played right field, left field, first base, and he played shortstop <laughs> all in the same season. He also DH'd once in a while when they needed somebody on a Sunday. And Marwin has, I think, done that too. Yep. Football. All right, breaking a Twins game down like it is a football game. Jose Barrios on paper, six nice little innings on paper, and and it was probably his best start of the season. I have a bone to pick, though. Uh-oh. All right, I'm actually going to go negative here on Jose Barrios. When you're playing the Pirates, and it's it's not even like the Major League Pirates. Right. It's We're back to the Pirates being bottom of the barrel like they've been for a long time in my life. Double-A, triple-A Pirates, basically. Phil, John Ryan Murphy started a catcher. I don't know what more you want yeah. from the Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates. Draw Dyson what center field. You, what do you want from the Buccos? Exactly. Exactly. When you're playing the Pirates, and yeah. your team gives you crooked numbers early, and you're up 3 nothing. I think it was 3 nothing that they were up. It second. was after the first inning. Please don't throw 40-plus pitches in the first two innings. <laughs> don't walk the leadoff batter in the second inning. Yeah. Literally just throw fastballs down the middle of the plate against that Pirates order. Who was, who let off the second for the Pirates? Can you tell me that, Mr. Baseball? I remember him, I, I believe he was a left-handed batter, and I remember he walked, but I don't remember who it was. Colin Moran, oh, destined yeah. okay. for greatness. Okay. Was he a left-handed batter? I love the lineup. I I don't, but I think he was. (laughs) I just I love the fact that they put out probably the most nondescript them in Baltimore, right? Yeah, put out the most nondescript lineups possible. I I think I need you guys to guide me through a Jose Barrios therapy session here because I've always been super high on Barrios. I still Barrios came into the organization uh, when I was still covering the Twins beat, and so I started watching him in rookie ball and yep. and would and would get scouting reports on him from coaches and stuff and and fellow players when he was you saw him on the backfield huh backfields? I saw him on the backfield backfields that's the worst thing you can do <laughs> I know never take the backfields into the equation yep you build these emotional connections it's yep. really tough and and I've always looked at him with his stuff and with his makeup and all these things that I've heard about him as he could be an ace caliber starting pitcher now he is the twins best starting pitcher. But I think there's a difference between being a number one starting pitcher and an ace. He is not an ace. He's just the Twins' best starting pitcher. Yes. And I'm struggling with every time he goes out and throws 40 pitches in the first two innings against a crappy team like the Pirates or gives up a five spot in the third inning against the White Sox or something. And it's just like, ah, dude, I just 
be better. Like I'm, I'm struggling with the gap between what he is and what I think he can be. And I guess I'm wondering, is there another level, or is this kind of is this kind of a Kirk Cousins situation where he's really good, and a lot of teams would, well, not a lot of teams, every team would love to have him, and the mm-hmm. Twins should love to have him, but. I'm looking at him saying, dude, when are you going to finally get to that ace caliber pitcher that we've seen, this first round draft pick guy that we've you've seen the upside? And wh- or is it just, well, this is kind of who he is. He's a number two, number three starting pitcher, and they just don't have that guy. He's not going to be that guy. Talk me off of this. Oh, I can't. Uh, okay. No, I, 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 can't, I can't, but I do think that, that, that you need to put your earliest recollections of Barrios behind you now. I think you need to purge those. I, I think the therapy like session he's not, he's not needs to Shane start Bieber. on a couch where you where you accept the fact that what you saw in Florida on a chain link fence field and you thought to yourself, oh my God, I am witnessing greatness, that you purge that from your mind. I witness goodness. He's he's good. Right. He's well, a good starting pitcher. But here's here's the thing, here's where I'm at personally with Barrios. I'm getting closer and closer to where, I guess, to use your comparison, I am with Kirk Cousins, which is acceptance, acceptance of who he might be. And, and I'm going to I'm going to juxtapose it with another Twins player and tell you this. In this case, acceptance is a little disappointing compared to expectation, but I can handle it. I can handle if the Twins flat out need to go, and this is hard to do, and you can't just uh, snap your fingers and do it. But if the Twins, after we get done with 2020, Realize we need to go out and or and, and or pursue at least pursue a real ace type of top of the line. If it's not a pitcher in that in that um, eight to ten of absolute lights out greatness, it's a guy who's better than Brios. I think that you might just be there. And look, we keep saying, and you do it, I do it, Declan too. We keep saying, you know, man, if that just if that light goes on, right? If that light goes on, and, and we see the uh, the guy pitch that we saw for extended stretches of, of 2019, but then obviously August was terrible into September, and he rebounded a bit after that, and then we're like, oh boy, but that he might not be that guy. We need to stop that, and we need to accept that he just might not be that guy. And that does not mean that he can't be in a very effective number two pitcher. For quite a while, what it does mean is we need to reset, recalibrate our expectations of who he's going to be because because at some point in time this becomes not a Brios problem but a Phil Judd Declan problem of us continuing to say you need to be somebody and guys, the sad thing is I think he has the stuff to be that guy. Yeah, I don't I know. Right. It's upstairs, and I think if it right. and if he gets and, nervous, and you can't, he's like Francisco Liriano a little bit. Well, yeah, and you they can, they, they, they drive Ferraris and can't reach the pedals sometimes. Yeah, but <laughs> and you can't hospitalize him and do a brain transplant. Yeah, and so, but but let me let me uh, in doing baseball as football. Let me ju- juxtapose the Brios conversation with one that I'm getting. And I brought this up yesterday, and I'll do it again because he looks completely lost. Nervous about Byron Buxton at the plate looks completely lost again. Yeah, and, I, I explained this to you yesterday. I'm going to explain it the same way every day. Yeah, but you're, he hasn't faced major league pitching in over a year, and he's not right, the but, guy who can roll out of bed. No, I understand that, but I need to see here. Here's the difference: if he's just slumping, and I know what he's going to do once he gets past a certain threshold of at bats, I'm fine. What I'm seeing is a guy who looks lost again, and that concerns me. It's not. It's not 
man, it's going to come. It's completely lost at the plate. And there's a there's a happy medium somewhere here that keeps you efficient enough to play. And let me give you why I'm mad about this, okay? You're too worked up over this. Yeah, let me give le, no no no, let Dude. me give you why I'm upset about this. It's been 10 games. Let me give you why 7 for Byron. Let me give you why I'm upset about this. 20 at bats. BIP BIP is why I'm upset. Not Babbitt, BIP. Balls wow. in play. Oh, wow. In the Saber, sec- Saber Judd Saber has made Judd. an appearance. In the second Saber inning, Saber Judd. in the second inning, in the second inning yesterday, Byron hits a weak excuse of a dribbler to third base. But he's so bleeping fast, the third baseman rightfully freaks out, and and he should have Buxton so fast that the guy playing third. Wait for it. I have no idea. Well, Philip Evans. We should, you wouldn't we, have got we, it. We have to play a game show at some point. Philip Evans. No. Is it a pirate starting player yeah, no, or could a contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire from 2003? Yeah, I'd like to phone a friend. So, <laughs> so Buxton so fast, Evans should have eaten the ball. He didn't. He threw the ball. It, of course, went down the right field line. And Buxton is standing on second base. In other words, Byron, I don't need you to have this great approach where you're going to hit home runs. I just need you to simply make contact and put the ball on the ground. Yeah, but that, that's I agree. What's, that's I what. Agree. So that's what I. I'm asking for so little here. I agree with everything you're saying, but I keep going back to the fact that this dude missed. When did he get sidelined? In July, August, last, August? August of last year. So yeah, he. August first, I think, in Miami. He's not a he's not the gifted hitter that Nelson like Nelson Cruz and Joe Maurer, those guys, and some of it's just they've seen, you know, hundreds of thousands of pitches in their lives, but and Buxton has not really been on the field enough to see the pitching. Nelson Cruz at this point in his life and career mm-hmm. can take a year off, roll out of bed, stretch out a little bit, and hit a ball over the fence on the third pitch he sees and and come out of the gate hitting three fifty and four hundred. Buxton is naturally fast. Buxton is naturally gifted as as a route runner in the outfield. And uh, I think in certain instances, like if you throw a breaking ball in his wheelhouse, he's naturally gifted at pulling a ball down the third baseline. Sure. All of the other things that go into Major League hitting are work and process for him. Like for him for him to get comfortable and, and to watch pitches go deep in the zone and hit the ball to the other side of the field when it's warranted – those are things that just like he doesn't just roll out of bed and hit the hit a line drive to opposite field like Joe Maurer does. Agreed. It takes him a while to get locked in, even without a pandemic and him not seeing I just fastballs and curveballs for twelve months. Contact, put the ball, spend spend the next two weeks not caring about anything but making contact, putting the ball on the ground, and I don't care where it goes. Guys freak out when the ball is on the ground and Buxton is proceeding to first base, okay? I want some type right, of approach I, here. I want something. This I'm going to is... disagree again. I'm going to disagree again, okay? We're, we're, we're gonna, let's go as granular as we can here okay. as we break down baseball okay. like football. And by okay? the way, I'm just saying for now, you just need to put the ball in play. The correct, not popping To me, up. the correct approach at the plate for Buxton is not to go down this, hey, just hit little grounders to third base, just like shorten your swing. He needs to go back. Whatever he was doing in the first half of last year, he played a half season. He played 87 games last year. Yep. 30 doubles and 44 extra base hits. And that and those aren't just like swinging bunt doubles down the third baseline that trickle past the third baseman's glove. Those are ropes down the line mm-hmm. to the gap. In some cases, it's bloops to the outfield that he uses his legs to go 
from first to second base, but it might just, the reality is, it might just take him like three weeks to figure this out. And with this Twins lineup, as good as it is, and they're not even clicking yet, uh, they can afford to just kind of hide him in the nine spot. Go out there, don't run into fences at full speed, help the pitchers and in so center far, field. And so far, that's been good. And, and the center it, field approach has been good so far. And and right now, I would also uh, I would also add this to the, to the conversation. He basically has six or seven full weeks at this point to get right at the plate. Because the Twins are already right. in the playoffs. That's what I'm trying to help right now. So we've got a patient, smooth path I'm, from Byron Buxton. This is exactly why I'm working with him. No, you're panicking right yeah, now. you're panicking. No, you're freaking no, out. no, I'm not panicking. I am I am helping by mandating things. You, <laughs> you know what we need? You know what this culture lacks? No, you're a terrible therapist. This, no, this culture lacks people stop who being have ins- a, stop def- being anxious. A, definitive, a definitive approach to success, okay? I've got the definitive. I've got the key. The way you're talking about Byron Buxton and the way, is the exact same way Bernie talks about me playing softball. Literally two AT. Declan, put the ball on the ground. You're way too fast. Stop popping up. Yeah, maybe Bernie's right. Stop running at full speed. You need need to protect yourself. But the difference is, you guys need wins right now. You need, like, Declan Goff needs to put the ball on the ball right now. So it's too late for Bernie. I got time. The Twins twins don't even really need Byron Buxton's bat at this point. Now that they've, what are they, nine and two? Oh, yeah, they're They're nine and two. 16 teams they are going the playoffs. To, they're, they're going to the playoffs. So yeah, it's I'm, done. So you and I both agree on the end point, which is ultimately this team needs Byron Buxton to not yeah. hit 111 with a bunch of strikeouts. But they've got six weeks to sort of, listen, no, we're not going to put pressure on you. Go well, that's why Rich Hill's not out. pitching right now. I told you that yesterday. Out. Well, he's not pitching because he's 40 and has a free Rich labor Hill's or been, something. Rich Hill's on the shelf on purpose. This is a, it's a master plan. Rocco, Rocco, Derek, and I are teaching a master class on the 60-game regular season of baseball, okay? <laughs> Hey, zooming back out really quick on Jose Barrios, just like in the last two starts, okay? For a little therapy session here. Take away his opening. There, by the way, there's no zooming out when we're breaking down baseball. Like That's football. true. Yeah, we're zooming in. All right. <laughs> we're in the red zone here, I guess. I don't know. Okay. So if, you, if I were just to tell you, here was his numbers in the last two starts, taking away the clunker on opening day in Chicago. Mm-hmm. 11 innings, 12 strikeouts, opponents batting 184 against him, swinging strike rate of 11%, throwing strikes at 60% rate. Is that cause for panic? Is that a cause for panic? Listen, you, this is not a conversation about bringing reasonable. Yeah, listen. Yeah, come on, Dad. Let's get with the program. Listen, yes, these, it is these, cause for these, panic. These More. reasonable takes are not warranted hey, in this segment. Give me Cousins' the stats. You know what? They're pretty damn good. Guess what? He ain't ever won a Super Bowl. So actually, that's what Judd just brought up is is sort of the counter to that. Which is, and, and by the way, I am measured 30,000-foot guy. I am the one that talks Judd <laughs> off the ledge. Would okay? you stop with that for this year? All right. I am. But... It's it, it, The Kirk Cousins comparison is a great one because you can say, well, I mean, we sit here and we poke holes in Cousins and he threw for 4,000 yards. He threw you know 25 touchdowns. He threw seven interceptions and his passer rating was over 100. And he's one of the top 10 quarterbacks based on passer rating. And like that is all true. And Jose Barrios, you know, he's going to strike out 200 batters in a full season of 162 games. And um, he's going to be one of the best, like the, one of the 20 best pitchers in the American League. And I think with both of them, if you start to sharpen the pencil and look at, all right, well, what about in the big spots when it's a big division game or uh, the pressure is mounting and they need you to get a stop if you're Jose Barrios to stop a two-game losing streak or something? Um, I would be curious to do a deep dive into some of that stuff because if it feels to me, taking my analytics hat off and putting my human hat on, <laughs> it feels to me like he just gets uptight and nervous when he doesn't need to. And the first two innings against the Pirates yesterday were a great example. It was like, 
what are you like, dude? This is the most chill start of your life right now. And you the game's guys are, over. You guys are in the playoffs already. Yeah, just it's give... the freaking Pirates. They the, the offense hung a three spot, and you can't throw a strike to what was that guy's name again that let off the second? Oh, inning? that was the Colin world famous. Um, let's see here, Rob, world famous Colin Naga, Moore. Colin Moore, followed by Brian Reynolds. And it's like you got Colin oh, Moore Brian at the plate. Reynolds. He he doesn't see Colin Moore at the plate. He sees like Jim Tomey in his prime. Oh my God. No, dude, just like throw a ball he's underhand. Not a, he's not a relaxed guy. That's not going to hit it. He he's not. He just ball. seems to be in his head. He's still damn good. We just need to reset what we thought, or, or I think we do. We're probably going to need to reset what we thought was the potential. Yeah. Now I, I also understand that we just spent like ten minutes ripping a guy that went six innings, gave up one run, and the Twins are nine and two. Fully yeah. aware of that too. Yes. So. Uh, by the way. <laughs> So two games against the Pirates here, and then they're going to open a two-game series to complete this four-gamer in Pittsburgh tonight. How does it feel, Phil Mackey, to see the Minnesota Twins visited by Ghost of Twins past? In the last two games against the Pirates, you have seen oh. Nick Birdie, you have seen Nick Turley, Nick Turley, and, wow. jo- and John Ryan Murphy, I forgot as I Nick mentioned, Turley. Ooh. Caught yesterday. Yeah. This is this is Terry Ryan. This is your your life. <laughs> Terry, Terry, wake up! What's going What's going on? All your former twins are coming as Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> was Nick Turley? I thought Nick Turley was a he might not have a been Falvey but, guy, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah. Nick Turley. Nick Turley. Yeah, God. Nick Turley. Who, of course, who, of course. In inning pitch last uh, yesterday, I should say afternoon, two runs, one hit, two walks. Uh, birdie went one third, two hits, one run, one walk. So hey, this nothing's is changed. Super random here as we as we wrap up our breaking baseball down like football segment here. Uh, but I think it's worth discussing at some point. Football. If we are to believe that the missing the the lone missing piece for this Twins team, aside from health and Byron Buxton's bat, is a starting pitcher that's better than anyone they have, right? That that would be... I actually think they can win the World Series without that if everyone else is healthy. But adding that would maybe even make them the favorites. The Yankees will be very tough, yes. Yep. There's a guy... The trade deadline is in four weeks from now, August 31st. There's a guy that I think the Twins are going to trade for. Oh, wow. This year? This year. Really? That would immediately be that guy. Better than anyone they have in their starting rotation. And dominant. What league? National. Mets. It's it's a write that down prediction for me today. Oh wow. Mets. Not the Mets because the Mets are a train. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna it's answer the team. It's a starter. It's a starting pitcher. Yeah. It's, okay. an, it's an ace according to you. I will. I will give you the answer during write that down, which is coming up All shortly right. here. All right. I'll get you. Give, give a guess like a division. It's a National League team. Mm-hmm. It's not the Mets. I'll go NL East for my guess. Hmm. NL East, National League East. You can put it on the board. Uh, no. National League West. <laughs> okay, now we've we've narrowed it down, well, Declan. Which one is it? <laughs> We're, we've narrowed it down. It's the American Association. It's the Iowa Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll predict it and write that down here, which is coming up in just a second. We also will talk about the wild game. Max Kellerman will join the show. Uh, a little bit later on as well to talk about Minnesota sports figures. And just a quick tease for that. So Max Kellerman has a new ESPN radio show. He's getting back into the radio game, and that's part of the reason why we had him on to talk about that, which you can hear on Score North in the Twin Cities. 
Uh, but he also is an encyclopedia when it comes to Twins Yankees playoff history because he's a Yankees fan. But like in a good way too, not like in an insulting way. He knows yeah. his stuff, man. Declan asked him, "All right, as a longtime Yankees fan, to what degree do you sweat the Twins?" And his answer was pretty awesome. So, so that's coming up on the show. Too. <laughs> I'm going to guess uh, it was I know exactly what the answer was. It was an immediate. I don't sweat the Twins, but then he went on and his, his answer was was Pretty very good. good. So, uh, but let's let's throw a quick shout out to Luther Brookdale Toyota here, six ninety four in Brooklyn Boulevard, and uh, I can tell you, just having gone to this place for fifteen plus years, uh, ever since I turned sixteen years old, so now it's now I'm, it's actually almost twenty years because I'm in denial about how old I'm getting here and how much gray is in my beard. Uh, but these people are experts. They're friendly. They will treat you like family, like they have with my family going back to the nineteen eighties. And right now, you can check out the new selection of 2020 models, RAV4s, Camrys, Corollas. Find out details about specials on LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Or just stop in, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. They're taking safety precautions, making you feel comfortable, ma- making their staff feel comfortable. And if you don't feel comfortable, they will bring a, a, a car to your house to test drive. So uh, anywhere you want it, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. And let's also talk about Dennis Kirk, Declan. Yeah, big thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd. And uh, it's a little crazy out there, but one thing you can do is get out and ride, and Dennis Kirk will make sure that your motorcycle is running and looking its best. DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds, whether you ride a Harley, cruiser, sports bike, dirt bike, any type of motorcycle they have what you need, and over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today, DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow, an $89 order ship free. And they pay return shipping on helmets and apparel products. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Welcome in to the most exciting segment in sports talk. Write that down. We're the only show in the country that keeps track of our predictions, holds each other accountable. Here's how it works every single week. You can also watch this on the Mackie and Judd YouTube show if you want to see the visual of this, if you want to see our ugly faces. Just uh, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Mackie Judd. We also have a Viking-centric YouTube channel where we talk Vikings every single day. YouTube.com slash score north, S-K-O-R north. Here's how I write that down works. Three predictions from everybody. Each week, they must be quantifiable in some way. We keep track of batting averages and home runs, and listeners can participate by, uh, I know it says on the screen, downloading the Score North app and entering for your chance to play. The easiest way, honestly, right now is just to DM me on Twitter. Slide and, the we'll, DMs. and we'll get you in. Just slide in. Slide Been there. The it happens. Uh, I like it when you start the conversation with you up question mark little, yep. little Netflix and chill you, you follow you Ellipses, never know you dot, never dot, know dot. what's going to happen yep so gentlemen uh, and we've got we've got a couple guest listener predictors here Alex and our former marketing guru and host of the Score North Gophers show Ross Brendel who has a new podcast and so Let's he'll go. be joining Ross as well Brendel. in just a second but let's go through the accountability session here oh, write boy. this down tons of stuff off the board. And we'll start with Judd Zolgat, who had a mixed week that turned out to be actually great in the end. God. 
You said uh, Joel. Uh, I keep saying Joel. Yoel. It's Yoel. It's a soft call J, him right? Yule, Erickson, Yule. Ack, Yule. Joel. Yeah. Okay. Just call him Eck. Yoel Erickson Eck will score a Ack. goal in game one against the Canucks. <laughs> Did not happen. Mm-mm. You said NFL teams will play at least one preseason game this summer. I feel like. No, that's fine. Take it off the board. Okay. It's wrong. It'll be zero. And you said this is where it was kind of like the semantics of this were sort of debatable for a while. But now that they're counting these numbers as playoff stats, you said the Wild will miss the playoffs in 2019-20. I mean, these are playoff games. Yeah, the league is considering them technically, yes. They're I mean, calling they're, them that. They're, they're, they're playoff I'm com- stats. I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable with that being a loss. Yeah. You, however, said Alex Stalock will be the starting goalie for the opening game against the Canucks, which was <laughs> Judd, take a trip around the bases. You said Kevin Fiala will score the first wild goal when they resume. Nice compact swing. Swing and a drive. Nice compact swing. I tightened it up. A little Nelly Cruz. Yeah, a little short porch at Yankee Stadium. A good home run there. Yep, good job. High fly ball. Deep left field. Donaldson has left the building. Here comes the rain shower. I am I am a professional write-that-down approacher. You are. You're dialed in right now. I'm going the other way. I'm not worried about home runs. I'm worried about contact, and thus the home runs are coming. The home runs just come. Ken Griffey Jr. never tried to hit a home run in his career. That's why he hit like 600 of them. Hmm. We're the exact same age, basically the same athletic <laughs> abilities. It's unbelievable. Both look great in backwards hats. You said, you said baseball will play its double headers this season, limiting them to seven games apiece. Seven innings. Oh, I'm sorry, seven innings apiece. That's about pat myself on the back. I don't think that's a home run because it was already kind of discussed. It was sort of a, a notion that was floated. Okay. I think. I mean, Judd. When did he make on, the Honesty police. He made it probably back in like April. I actually, well, I actually think that is as much or more of, of a home run than Fiala. <laughs> Because. I think if he made it in April. And they did it in season, too. You're looking at a far from the team that we that I saw. Uh, as a- High fly ball. Deep left field. Donaldson has left the building. Here comes the rain shower. We're going to give you a bomb. We're going to give you a bomb on that. I think I'm up to three now. Uh, I believe you are, too. You said the Gopher football team will not play a non-conference game this season. Yeah. And that Spielman and Zimmer would get multi-year contract extensions. Yes. Judd Zolgad. What a week. What a week. <laughs> Sports dad is so proud of himself. <laughs> so excited. That might be, I mean, that's one of your best weeks of all time here. That's one of the best five weeks correct, of all time. Five correct predictions and two home runs. Is that the greatest offensive week in the history of Write That Down? Well, hold on a second. I'll check the records. 41 Teddy, Teddy Ball game. <laughs> 41 DiMaggio, Carew in 77, God. Brett in 80, Gwyn, I think, 94. Yeah, it's one of them. It's pretty high up there. It's one. Yeah. This is the type of thing that lands you in the Write That Down Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm serious. I mean, this is this is great. Declan, Declan, take note. Sports son, take note. Oh, I'm excited for mine. Don't worry you're, about you're it. You're junior. Don't worry I'm about senior. it. I'm senior. Take note. And we lost, lost the stream there. Oh, did I lose the stream? Yes. Because my internet's being crappy? That is correct. All right. I'm sorry about that for the, for the yeah, viewers Yeah, this is more me than I'd like to see. All right. Well, yeah. we'll continue on here, and uh, hopefully we get the stream back. So Jonathan predicted, he's last year's batting champion. He predicted that the 2019-20 NHL season will get canceled. Ruling on this, I, my interpretation was he meant that it won't come back. 
and it's back, if it gets canceled again, I still think it's incorrect. Because I think the spirit of this prediction, if yeah, I, I remember think he thought it was going to be called off. Yes. from the point it stopped. So I think this comes off the board because it came back. I and think, if they don't finish, he I think should have specified that. I think you're. Yes. Okay. Plus, he's not here to argue and defend himself right now. So plus, he just he's a soccer guy. He also pretty much cheated it's, to win last year's batting title. I mean, pretty much. We love him, but come on. He was the Astros. <laughs> he ba- he snookered and bamboozled us at every turn. <laughs> Uh, all right, his other prediction was Kevin Fiala will score at least 25 goals for the Wild in 2019-20. So here's the problem with this prediction. He had 23 before the stoppage. He scored his 24th. Actually, how many How many does he have in the postseason? Three. three. So he They'll technically count. has 26 goals since the start of the regular season, but three of them are considered postseason goals. Yes. Right. So this prediction is incorrect. Because this is a regular season prediction that Jonathan made. Sorry, That's how right that down works. Yep. Pandemic. Crazy, baby. Oh, it's ruthless. Rami Makhlouf said that the NBA regular season or the NBA season would not restart in 2019-20. He doubled down on that by saying there will not be meaningful NBA games again this season. No regular season or playoffs. <laughs> I don't know why he doubled down, but <laughs> he had a tendency to double down. He did. I miss Rami. Uh, let's see. He said a second season of Tiger King will be announced before the end of July. And I kind of left this one on the board because I wasn't sure. I did a quick Google search this morning. And apparently it has been renewed for a second season on Netflix. There's a couple articles out there. Okay. The, the details of it have not really been announced, but it has been renewed for a second season. Yeah. All right. And it, and it was uh, from May was the story that I found. So he's correct on this one. And he said Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman will still be employed by the Vikings by training camp. Yeah. They are. Manny had nothing off the board. I had a rough week. I said Jose Barrios will go at least seven full innings in his next start. I mean, and this was the start. This was his second start. So that the one yesterday, because oh. I think he made a start like last Wednesday or uh, Thursday. Thursday. Gets Bieber. Gets Bieber. And it was not. Bieber fever. Seven innings. And I said, this is another one, semantics. Jason Zucker will score at least 10 goals for the Penguins the remainder of the season and at least one goal in the Stanley Cup Finals. He had six goals in the regular season for the Penguins before the season got shut down. Mm-hmm. And now the goals are considered postseason goals. So that is wrong. Listeners, Justin in Rochester said the Wild would win their first round series in the playoffs against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yikes. Oh, he gave you a team. He gave you the opponent. Oh, boy. Learn your lesson there. Tom F. said with 50 games to go in the season, he said this back in December, the Wild will get points in at least 35 of those games. Well, I went through and they didn't play most of them. Research department hard at work on this one. I know. Please don't make specific predictions like that. That makes the research department what? have to go back We've and We've got such a big one. Our research department's so extensive. I don't know what you're talking about. they got plenty of time. Uh, James said the turtle, Williams Astadio, would not be with the Twins organization to start the 2020 regular season. He's not on the roster, but he's with the organization. Crazy. So that's incorrect. He's in St. Paul, right? I believe so. I think he's working yeah. out with the lads in St. Paul. But Justin M. said Byron Buxton will play in 100 games or fewer this season. Yeah. a boy. Pandemic helping you out there. there you go. Probably wouldn't have needed it. But uh, Barry Anderson said both Spielman and Zimmer will have their contracts extended. Yeah. Nice for those guys. Barry. And that brings us to Declan Goff. Let me real quick just see if I can jump back yeah, in please this. Please do. I, I need yeah, I, I want to see. I want the visual. I like, exactly. You want to mute my, you wanna mute my, mute my mic there, Dex? Oh, sure. So that we, uh, oh, there he is. I'll do a, there do a quick is. little share here, a little technical production work to get this back rocking and rolling. All right. You got me there? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. 
All right, accountability session for Declan Goff. All right. You said at least one NBA team will drop out of the bubble by the time play resumes. Incorrect. You said there will not be an NHL Ugh. game played by August 1st, and then you said scrimmages included. Or excluded. Oh, no, excluded. Or, sorry. Uh, excluded. Oh. As, as in the scrimmages. Oh. The scrimmages. Excluded from they don't the August count. 1st. Yes. Okay, so now we need, so this is where we need a definition, okay? The first games were played on August 1st. Yeah. Judd Zolgad, I need your journalistic expertise here. Okay, read this again. There will not, he said, there will not be an NHL game played by August 1st. The first games were played on Um, August 1st. What is that, Professor Zolgad? There will not be. Ooh, this is phrasing, man. This one's, I like this. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, because I'm I'm trying to go through this and jumping through the mental gymnastics and loopholes of which, of how this is worded. There will not be an NHL game played. Because by August first, I don't know what to do with this. You know, okay. Here's my initial inclination: is I think we give it to him. Okay. I think it's I think it's close enough to being. I think it's right. I think he's saying that there will be no games played through but July. They, right, but they played right? on. But they played on. I, I mean, I think he. I think he hit the date. Which wait. So, I think you're right. Okay. So, so I'm going to read this one more time because okay. we're not the smartest guys in the world. Nope. I'm there not will not be – your prediction was there will not be – actually, you know what? Which one's Ross here? Uh, I got him. Roscoe, you Ross, there? we need we need, we need need external help here. Declan's we prediction was there will not be an NHL game played by August 1st. The first games were played on August 1st. Roscoe? Yeah, this is really tough for me. So first off, how do you guys not have a staff lawyer to help you with the semantics on these yet? I think I think that needs to be the next person who sits on this segment with you is a lawyer who can help with the accountability. I got session. an attorney friend. Well, hold on, hold on here. Maybe I should weigh I, in here. I have always considered when somebody says, by or end of week or they give a date i have always considered that date to be part of it so if Declan yes. says by august 1st then you're, august 1st should count so are you saying is august 1st included in the cluster that's of what dates? he's saying yes i would say it's included that means it's wrong right <laughs> Right. Oh, sweet he, lord! Because he's saying, "Oh my god!" There will not be an NHL game played on all of these dates, including August first. And August first are is you a giving it to him, Ross, or not? Just break the difference. I actually think I was misinterpreted. All right, screw it. Declan, I think we give. It, I think we give it to him. Declan, he, the fact that you included August first in here, and that's the day that they played games. And all right, we'll count it. All right, all right. Moving on. You also said no twin starting pitcher will pitch seven complete innings by next Wednesday's. Write that down. Yeah. That's correct. You said Rosario and Sano would go yad yeah. before this week's. Write that down. And you said the Wild would win game one of their series against the Canucks on Sunday evening, which is. Yeah. Correct, and so ignore these averages because Declan Goff is actually hitting uh, more than this. He's hitting oh, 469 on the season. Nice. 
Judd Zolgad up to 441 with three bombs. So ignore that as well. He's what got a three year. bombs. What a year I'm having. MVP. Rami's at 400 with a bomb. I'm sitting, I'm having a good season, yeah, but oh, fourth, oh, you're solid. three with two bombs. Uh, listeners you're at good, 262 with a home run. I'm great. John Harrison, 225 with two bombs, and Manny Hill, 148. With a home run. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right. I'm Nelson Cruz. Wow. (laughs) I am Nelson Cruz. I'm hitting bombs. I'm hitting for average. Sign me up. Amazing. Uh, So now we get into the actual predictions of the week here, and we have two guests. Write it down. You like writing things down. We've got Ross Brendel, formerly the host of the Score North Gopher Show. Ross, tell the audience what your new podcast is and where they can find it. Minnesota Sports Chat. It is available on PodMN and also Spotify and Apple. So just search Minnesota Sports Chat. Uh, Two-thirds of Write That Down has appeared on the pod so far. Declan Goff, you are on the clock and many others nice. in and around in and around the cities as well. Just talking Minnesota sports. Nice. Similar to what you guys do, but not nearly as well. Again, Minnesota Sports Chat, Apple, Spotify, and Pod MN. Awesome. And uh, can you pop Alex on here too so yeah. I don't screw this up? Oh, I, had, I hung up on Ross. Okay. So we'll call Ross, go so back. Call Ross, go back, and then you punch him <laughs> in on your side. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Alex, what's going on? Guest listener, predictor number two. How's it going with you? Going pretty good. Are you ready to take some swings for the fence, or are you going to square around and, and drop some bunts down today? Uh, you know, I think all of these are at least gap shots. Okay. Someone might be close, maybe need an assist from Jose Canseco's head. Or, or <laughs> Byron Buxton's uh, fear of the fence, maybe. Maybe oh, get an assist. Stop with it. I, think, nice I, think, uh, I think my last one is some uh, Carlos Gomez sitting dead red and screwing himself <laughs> into the ground. I miss Carlos Gomez. Celebrating wildly as he rounds the bases. Yeah. Is Carlos Gomez on a team right now, or is he just hanging out? I don't think he's on a team right now. Hmm. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. All right, Alex, you fire away first. We'll go Alex, Ross, Judd, Declan, Phil around the room three times. Go ahead, Alex. Lead us off. All right. I'm going to start with the Twins. Rich Hill will have more playoff appearances than regular season appearances in 2020. I love it. He's buying into the Zolgadian theory that this is all a rope-a-dope-a. Saving the innings. Way to go. It's also possible that if he makes two postseason appearances, then that prediction will be correct. Write so. it down. You like writing things yeah. down. All right, Roscoe, your first prediction. Go ahead. So let it be known, first off, Declan, in a very political move, since I helped you out, if any of my three write that downs are close, I expect you to vote in my favor. Okay, so sir. Yeah, I got just you. Just getting that out there right away. I got you. So – I started working on these predictions a few days ago because we all know I'm a planner. And when I started these predictions, the Rashad Bateman news had not broke yet. And we hadn't yet learned that the Big Ten was optimistically going to try and play football games starting in early September. So you guys let me know if this is weak sauce or if I need to step it up a little bit. But in the next completed college football season completed college football season the gopher football team will not finish in the top 25 wow no faith in pj flex system who are huh? you ross i thought you the, you're number the, one pj yeah at least expect a thing you can still have a good season and not finish in the top 25 we're flyover territory they could finish eight and two and not finish in the top 25 if the season's complete D- didn't you just say on Twitter yesterday that you 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 re you reload at the for the gopher football team you don't rebuild you reload 
I did say that, but that has nothing to do with trying to get some hits and write that down. Okay. All right. I respect it. All right. So uh, we go to Judd Zolgan. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Judd. Okay. Being very careful about my wording of write that down number one for me this week. Josh Donaldson will not start during the Twins' eight-game road trip. He will not start. He could pinch hit. Could pinch hit because he's going to go on the trip. But I do not think that he will start a game during the trip that starts in Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and then concludes in Milwaukee. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. Dex? All right. The Wild will win games three and four moving on to the next round. In other words, they will not lose to the Canucks for the wow. rest of the play-in series. Wow. So they will win games three and four. Write this down. Write it down. You like right. writing things down. Right. Do you guys want this? this yeah, give twi- it to me. The trade that the Twins are going to make it. here? Give me this baseball cocaine. The Let's Minnesota Twins... By by September first or August thirty first, <laughs> I'm not going to go down the Declan path. The Twins in 2020, actually the season in the season. Okay, so so before the trade deadline, just to specify, the Twins will trade for Trevor Bauer. Oh wow, Bauer outage. Trevor Bauer is a free agent after the season. Do, wait, the Reds wait, are wait. under 500. Do you think that it was Bauer who flew the drone over Target Field in the fifth yesterday, trying to get a look at his new ball club? I, I do. I think he was. I, him and Jake Blazer were, were on it. I know they were. I think he was scoping out condos actually, yeah. and he just sort of accidentally flew into. He'll the, hang out in the North Target Field. Zone. It'll be fun. Yeah. So the the Twins will trade for Trevor Bauer. Before the trade deadline of August 31st this season. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Back over to Alex. Listener Alex. All right. I've got a couple of wrestling predictions for you. Yes. yes. First <laughs> uh, I do too, by the way. All Out, which is AEW's next pay-per-view on September 5th, NJF will lose the title match against John Moxley because of Wardlow. Because of Wardlow. Because of Wardlow. So Wardlow so will, will interfere be, in some way or distract in some way. Yeah, and it might be he's trying to help MJF and he screws up. He might intentionally attack MJF because, you know, they've been a little rocky. But Wardlow will be the reason MJF loses the match. Love it. Love these wrestling predictions. You know how to get to the heart of Declan Goff and Phil Mackey. Yeah, make a wrestling write it down. You like writing things down. Ross Brendel, your second prediction. Man, I love the wrestling predictions on Write That Down. So I'm going to follow up a wrestling prediction with a golf prediction. Wow. Mr. 3M Open, Matthew Wolf, currently ranked 53 in the world, will finish in the top 16 of 156 qualified golfers in this weekend's PGA Championship. That was a very Jim Nance-like delivery Good there, Lord. too. Good Lord, yeah. You're... Can you say hello, friends? Hello. Matthew Wolf. <laughs> All right, very safe prediction that a good golfer will finish in the, ra- the range of the top Whoa, 15. he comes on the show and you take a on. shot at Ross. I'd like to apologize. I feel like, Ro- like Ross is uh, swinging for seeing Unfair, Ross. Here. Unfair. Wait a second. Phil, you're a golf guy. Go look up Matthew Wolf. Although he appears to be on a trajectory of being a good golfer, aside from playing well at the 3M Open, he's really never done anything of consequence. So I resent that comment. I just want you guys to know these Sounds are the, like all our careers. These are the types of tepid takes you get on Minnesota Sports wow. Chat, available on Apple, Spotify. That's so unfair. <laughs> Roscoe and I had great fun. Just taking shots, man. 
Uh, all right, back wow. over to back over to John. Yeah, Ross, <laughs> what did you do to deserve this harsh, harsh? I mean, you're a guest. Um, I'm even wearing a shirt for this thing. Thank God. Oh, yeah. wow, I was I was going to ask that. Breaking Thank news. You. Breaking news. Thank you very much. All right, write this down. Number two from me for this week. I will disagree with my sports son. The Wild Canuck series is going to go five games. I'm not going to give you the winner. I'm just going to say this thing's going five games. Okay. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. Dex. I have another golf prediction. Tiger Woods will not be inside the top 20 at the PGA Championship. Outside the top 20 for Tiger Woods. No faith. That's, no probably, faith. that's probably very, very solid, Dex. Yeah. No Good job. Outside Write the this top down. 20. Write this down. Speaking of wrestling predictions, so the news came out a couple days ago. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, bought the XFL. And it's funny that all the headlines were saying The Rock and investor Danny Garcia bought the XFL. Well, Danny Garcia is The Rock's ex-wife, and she's been she's been the manager of his business activity since then. They're just like they're friends and they work together. So The Rock and his ex-wife bought the XFL is the real headline. Write this down. Sometime in the next three years, so by by uh, before I'm going to say be, before he's in your head. August Declan's 6th, prediction is now in your head. Before August sixth, two thousand twenty-three. Okay, The Rock will be part of a group that buys the WWE from Vince McMahon. Whoa, The Rock has a ton of money. Yep, Vince McMahon is getting older. The company has falling ratings and maybe even some failed business partnerships on the horizon with Fox yep. due to poor creativity competition by AEW. I think at some point Vince is going to sell that company mm. or at least sell part of it, and I think The Rock will be part of the group that buys it, and that will be amazing. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Alex, your final swing here. All right, I'm going to swing out of my shoes on this one. So you mentioned the AEW's competition. By the end of this year... AEW Dynamite will have a higher rating in the 18 to 49 demographic than Monday Night Raw in a calendar week. Yes. I hope this happens. It's probably going to happen. WWE is just a disaster right now. Uh, Alex. I, mean, I just I just checked. They've got like a 20-point lead at the moment. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Alex, uh, we appreciate you coming on taking these swings. Since you have this this gigantic platform here, would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point? Um, you know, I just want to thank my hands. Um, no, I, I really just want to give a shout out to all the people working on the front lines, not, not just in the healthcare industry, but retail workers, food service, delivery. You know, everyone is just keeping the world moving right now. And a hat tip to Freddie Mitchell. Very close. Don't, drop him. don't hit drop on the phone. Okay. Sorry. So we'll leave Alex on here so I don't kill both of these. Correct. Okay, got it. All Correct. right. Thanks for telling me that. This is a tightrope right now that you guys yeah. are producing. A tightrope. I, I know. All right, Roscoe, your final prediction. By Alex, put a smile on your face, people. You can make the world a better place. But cover that smile up with a mask. Hey, Mike Greenberg's new radio show, Greeny, on Score North on AM1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. will feature a segment of reckless speculation or can we stop in the first show aired on Monday, August 17th. Love it. So he's going to steal a Mackie and Judd segment for his first show. Do we get a check? Again, you need a lawyer. Or does Chancey Chancey and Fargo... Can yeah. we stop? Should actually get the check. Chancey's going to wind up suing all of us, actually, if that happens. Yeah. 
But we gave Chancey okay. at least some verbal credit. Uh, Roscoe, well, we appreciate you coming on the show here, too. And, and uh, if you have anything or anyone that you would like to thank, this is your chance. Uh, no, I would just like to thank you three for this opportunity. Keep up the great work, and I'll give one more shameless plug for Minnesota Sports Chat or follow me on the Twitter machine, at Brendel Ross. Thank you three for everything, and I look forward to listening to many more pods in the coming also, days. Also, I'll add to that. Oh, sorry. Go centuries. I'll add to no, that plug it. that Tuesdays on Minnesota Sports Chat, wall-to-wall Matthew Wolf conversations, too. Bonus <laughs> episodes on Tuesdays. Actually, you've inspired me. I think Tuesday is going to be tepid Tuesdays. <laughs> Just shirts are optional. Takes. Yeah, shirts are optional. <laughs> Ross has mild take Monday, tepid take Tuesday. The golfers might wavering, be good. Wavering take Wednesday. They might not be good. We're not quite sure. We'll figure it all out later. Oh, my God. See you, Roscoe. See you. Thanks, Ross. See you, boys. All, all right. right. See you, Ross. See you, Alex. Back over to Judd Zolgad here. <laughs> Write this down. All right. This one's not going to pay itself off for a little while, at least until the winter, but I'm going to give you it as my third write this down. Write that down. The Vikings will finish outside the top 10 in yards allowed this season in defense. So the Vikings will finish outside the top 10 in yards allowed this season on defense. For clarification, if the season doesn't get played or if it doesn't finish, does this prediction this prediction just comes off the board? We have some of those, right? Where it's like it's no. this is contingent on the season happening. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. This isn't one of those where But if they play eight games, it's gonna count if the stats, good or bad. Either if the way. stats count, the prediction counts. If the stats don't count right. or don't happen, the prediction comes off the just board. Just comes off the board, exactly. All right, Declan. Write this down. All right, I added the uh, Miguel Sano and Eddie Rosario home run predictions. That came true last week. So Byron Buxton will hit his first bomba by next week. Write that down. Yeah, I had a Byron Buxton win here, too, and it, it was Write this down. fairly similar. He gets sent to St. Paul. <laughs> wow. Byron Buxton gets, Byron Buxton's taking hacks with just, just Royal. So no, I'm just joking. No, I'm not that down on him. I just want him to make contact, but no, I'm not yeah. that down. I'm just, it's a joke, okay? It was a little joke. You know I like Buxton. I'll stick with the Buxton Write it down. Well. You like writing things down. Byron Buxton... Before next week's write that down session, the word "buy" has us all just like on edge here. So before next week's write that down session, we'll collect at least three extra base hits. So in the next okay. week, Byron Buxton will collect at least three extra base. I'll hits. be very happy if you prove to be correct and get the point. Yeah. So uh, there it is. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Those are your weekly write okay. that down predictions. Okay. So I have a text here from an attorney friend of mine. <laughs> who explains the by definition. Okay. Okay. All right. She says, I am right. And the difference in the intentions of the contents in the statement, if you use on, that means it must be completed on that day, no before nor after. Yeah. When you use by, that means it could not be completed before of on that day, but yeah. not after. So the day doesn't count or it does count? It does count. It does count. It does count. It, it includes So you it. get to the end of the day, basically. Yeah. Okay. It's a loophole. Because if I say... Hey, Judd, have those papers on my desk by tomorrow. You get the day tomorrow to have those papers on my desk, yeah. right? But I he, think. but but Declan gave himself absolutely more time and interpretation because on, on is simple, right? On just draws the line definitively. By creates, uh, okay, what's exactly? So, no, I, he, can, he gets the point. Like he worded down. it well. I give him credit. All right. Wow. 
my head just exploded yeah. after all that. But I'm glad that we have lawyers Good job, who are chiming yeah, in on the show Thanks to the here. attorneys reaching out to the Mackey and Judge show. So, uh, there it. it is. Write that down, predictions. <laughs> hey, uh, Write it down. You like writing things down. Before we talk wild Canucks and wrap with Royce, uh, when Jeb was at the ballpark yesterday, Declan and I had a chance to catch up with Max Kellerman from First Take. He also has a new ESPN radio show that you can find here in the Twin Cities on Score North in the afternoons. And uh, here's our conversation with Max Kellerman. <laughs> All right, Mackie and Judd. Judd's at the ballpark right now watching the Twins put crooked numbers on, I'm going to call it double-A Pittsburgh based on what we've seen this week. And so that gives me a chance to talk to one of my favorite sports broadcasters in the industry. You can find him on First Take on ESPN every morning from 9 to 11 Central Time here. And starting August 17th, his new ESPN radio show, The Max Kellerman Show, can be heard from 1 to 3 Central Time early afternoons here in the Twin Cities on Score North, AM 1500. Max Kellerman, welcome to the show, man, and welcome to the Minneapolis market with your new radio show. Thank you, brother. I'm excited about it. So you and I actually have a mutual friend, Mike Trudell. Who, uh, yes, for, Mike, great guy. So for our audience here, he's he's been the face of Lakers.com for like 10 years. He used to be the Timberwolves.com guy uh, during, I think it was during the Kurt Rambis coach era here for the Wolves. So I personally used to be a listener of everything he did with Michael Thompson on, on 710 ESPN LA. I duck into you and Marcellus and, and Mason Island. So I've been a fan of yours and your radio work, and I'm wondering, what are you most looking forward to with your renewed radio canvas here, Max? I'm a radio guy. You know, like a lot of TV people, I think, look at radio, think I'll pick up a few bucks on radio. But radio is really what I do, and um, uh, it's <clears> – <throat> You can't hide on the radio. You know, first take, we have a lot of time to talk it out, but not like radio. People will find out about you. So so it's not going to be a hot take show. There'll be some takes, of course, and hot takes and arguments and debates and all that stuff. But it's just hang out with your boy for two hours. You like to talk mostly sports. That's what we're going to be doing. Are you, uh, are you, I mean, I'm sure you're deep into planning for this show, but are you, are there going to be monologue portions? Are you going to have contributors and guests? What's sort of the format going to be? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to have segments that I do by myself. We're going to bring in guests and friends of the show I like to talk to. I'm going to take calls. Uh, and, you know, it's like I, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm just doing a sports radio show the way I know how to do it, and, and it's really what I love to do. Declan, I'm going to tell you, if you, if you, and I'm not just blowing smoke up Max's rear end here. Sure. But if, if there are people that want to know how to do radio the right way, I once heard you, it was like five years ago, and I think Marcellus was out that day, and you did two or three full segments on your afternoon show. It was like a 45-minute monologue over multiple segments on Andre Ethier against left-handed pitching. <laughs> that, that is a deep dive, and that's what radio is all about. Thanks. I think it was, uh, was it Ethier on left-handed pitching? There was a guy at Sabre the president of Sabre, and his name is slipping my mind uh, right now, but who figured out a great, I thought it was brilliant in its elegance, in its simplicity, figuring out who might hit in the clutch. How do you anticipate that? Because sample sizes are so small in the postseason. And what he did was, and this is one of those things that you're like, how did no one think about this until the year 2015 or whatever it was? He, how do guys hit against the number one and two starters versus how they hit against four and five starters? And the wider the discrepancy, the less likely they are to hit in the playoffs. But the closer those two numbers are, the more likely. So if against if, if two 300 hitters, right, but one guy hits 350 
against the ones and twos, but only uh, uh, three fifty against the fours and fives, but only one. Uh, what did I just say? You know what I mean. Two fifty against the ones and twos, three fifty against the fours and fives, versus the guy who hits three hundred, two ninety against one, three ten against the other. He's only he's feasting on the bad pitching, right? And so and so he's unlikely to hit under pressure, whereas the other guy can hit the good pitching and the bad pitching. So stuff like that I could geek out about, but it's not so much about that, the show, really. We're going to have a good time with callers. The worse caller, the better. And, 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 you know, hang out and talk sports. By the way, Declan, Max just basically referred to all Twins hitters against Yankees pitchers in the playoffs the last 15 years. Oh, that's a perfect segue. Max, you're a New York guy. You, you know the yeah. Bombers. We know, we know them well, too, here in, uh, in Minnesota. Obviously, the Twins have a pretty formidable lineup. I believe I just saw you on first take uh, last week with Charlie and Jessica Mendoza talking about the Yankees having the best lineup. So I just got to ask you, as a New Yorker, do you ever fear the Twins in the postseason, and would you fear them even in 2020 if they were to face each other? <laughs> It's amazing because the answer is no. I mean, of course, you fear any opponent. But, it's but, clearly but no. The twins, the twins had some awesome teams. When you think about those Twins teams in the late 90s or even through the mid-2000s, right? Because when the Yankees would advance in the playoffs, it was against the Twins. Johan Santana was clearly the best pitcher in baseball. He was in his prime. He was leading the league in ERA every single year. Um, and he was leading the staff. And Joe Nathan at the back end, but other guys who could pitch like Brad Radke and different guys. And, and the lineup, you know, Justin Morneau was great, a little overrated with the RBI totals, but great. But, but Joe Maurer, Joe Maurer at his best might be the best catcher ever. Like at his best, that might be the most valuable guy to play those, those two or three years where he was mostly healthy. His gold glove defense could call a game, had an arm, and forget the hitting was absurd. Right? And then up and down the lineup, you could play defense, Torrey Hunter, and, and, and they could, the guys could pick it, they could hit, got on base and everything. Somehow, the Yankees just had their number. And I think it got into the psyche of the Twins franchise. And, and now those are some great Yankees teams, but it should not have been that the Yankees won every time. They just got a whammy yeah, I mean, you think about the nature of baseball, and we're seeing this play out over a, a shortened 60-game season, but... Baseball in small sample sizes is a crapshoot, and you'll and you'll see any number of instances over a full season in which a team like the Pirates might take two of three from a team like the Astros. And so, even even in in a, in a small sample size, bad teams can beat good teams. The worst teams can beat the best teams. And for formidable ninety plus win and one hundred win Twins teams to not even have a win over the Yankees since 2004 well, in any of these matchups is a mathematical impossibility to me, but here we and are. by the way, 04 is when the Yankees fell off. Like, 04, had they not collapsed against Boston up 3-0, they likely win their uh, fifth World Series in seven years. And, and by the way, Arizona, they could have easily won that way. They almost did. They almost won their, their, their fifth out of six. You know, uh, they were the, the Yankees were a powerhouse up until 04 and were just kind of a run of the mill playoff powerhouse after they went from the greatest dynasty, I think, in the history of baseball, considering three tiers of playoffs and their level of success to just kind of a run of the mill playoff powerhouse. But just were killing the twins. And I, I, the, the, here's a big difference in Joe Nathan was excellent. If I were a Twins fan, I wouldn't have, like, in the playoffs when it mattered most, I always felt he got a little nervous. Um, and relief pitching is something as much as, well, does clutch hitting exist? Yes or no, clutch pitching does exist. We've seen it. 
And, and it's obvious. It, it's like you can point to Fernando Valenzuela, El Duque. There's some guys who – Kurt Schilling. There are guys who get better when it matters most. Mariano Rivera in a close – you know, he's the all-time adjusted ERA leader. Um, all-time. Number one for over 1,000 innings. And in the playoffs – his ERA in over 140 innings is one-third of what it is in the regular season, which is the best ever. A .7 ERA in 142, you know, through the teeth of the steroids era in the AL East, right? So I think really that was the difference in those two teams. I think if you put Mariano Rivera, and that has a ripple effect even on the confidence of the team, if you swapped out Nathan and Rivera – the Twins win some of those series, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, there's a, I mean, the A-Rod home run to opposite field, I think, in the above the baggie. I think it was in the 4 playoffs. Since we're mm-hmm. talking about guys who rise to the moment and have the clutch gene, we have to ask you about our guy Kirk Cousins, too, uh, Vikings quarterback, who consistently rises to the moment if it's Denver in the second half. do you, Max, do you think the Vikings, this is sort of a loaded question because it depends on other things uh, with your roster and defense, but do you think the Vikings can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? It's a great question. Um, the best thing about Kirk Cousins is actually his contract. He's an upper-middle-class quarterback who gets paid like an upper-middle-class quarterback, not like an elite quarterback because he's not elite. Um, but he is better than average, and he gets paid that way, and I think that gives um, um, the Vikings a little more uh, flexibility to put a team around them. Uh, and if Dalvin Cook is healthy, I, I think it's possible but the truth is, and this is kind of like the dumb sports guy take, but uh, okay, so that's me. Uh, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. So I think he's making, move, he's making strides, but I don't think it was an illusion that he was an empty calorie quarterback in Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, if you needed, he put up the numbers, but if you needed eight yards, he got you six, right? Um, so I thought he was an empty calorie quarterback there, but, but solid. And I, and I think he's making – and he would always lose the primetime game, always lose the important game. He started to turn that around. There were little signs of it over the last two seasons. And last year he finally broke through. And there are guys like James Harden in basketball who I get on a lot for that. But I also see signs of Harden coming through. And I wonder if it's one or two of these things or a combination of them. One, um, given enough reps, water will find its level, Right given enough reps, a guy who's good is going to get over the jitters and perform when it matters most. But the other thing I wonder is, so take James Harden in basketball or like a junk baller in baseball who can have a great regular season. When the playoffs come, you better have that hard heat. You better really have the talent because now it's not just you have a better scheme or you're prepared in a certain way. Everyone's prepared for you. They know what you can do. And so when that happens, LeBron James can still take over in the playoffs. He's physically better than everyone. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kurt Schilling, as I mentioned before, can, can get guys out in the play because he has the 100-mile-an-hour fastball or whatever it was. I don't know that Kirk Cousins has that kind of ability. I don't think he does. I think he's good, but I don't think he has great ability. And, and, and because of that, um, he gets a little more ordinary, I think, when you need him most because he can't just impose that on the game. And that combined with the fact that he did seem to have the jitters early on and be kind of an empty calorie quarterback, it's a lot for him to overcome. I would say the odds are against it, but I, I, I can't rule it out given the progress he's made. Uh, Max hit me with the good question at the beginning of 
that answer, which brings the good question, good point standings to Phil, 17 on the season, Judd, 13, Rami with 9, and Declan still with 1. Declan, go ahead. What's your Kirk question? Hey, Max, I know you were also talking about just quarterbacks getting a boatload of money over uh, the last few months uh, with Ryan Tannehill. There's Kirk Cousins. So would you have paid Kirk Cousins that extension, or, or would you have rather just let him ride out that initial three-year contract that he signed in, uh, in 2018? I'd probably give what was the extension guarantee? I don't remember all. I, I think sixty, 60 like sixty four million yeah, over two years or something. That's a team that's a team friendly deal, actually. You know, it's not what you what you wanna hedge against is the hundred million plus guarantee over a number of years. Right? But the shorter guarantees, even if it's more per annum, um, when he's made off great with that with franchise tags and with extensions, is a safer bet for that middle to upper middle class guy. Um, and by the way, you look at the Eagles now, and, and I think Carson Wentz has all the talent in the world. He couldn't really elevate the. Well, yes, he played so great down the street. He got healthy against a bad NFC East. Otherwise, um, they're paying him a lot of money to, to not come up uh, as big as they need him to come up. They need him to carry the team. He hasn't done that. When they paid Jared Goff all that money, they took a step back because they're good quarterbacks. But other than Wentz in that, in that one season when he got hurt, they haven't been great. And Kirk Cousins is not great, but he's good. I wouldn't put him with Wentz, but maybe with a guy like Goff. And, and he's, pay, he's being paid that way. Like, he's good and not great, and that's smart of the Vikings franchise. So, yeah, I think the extension is fine at those numbers. Uh, starting August 17th, Monday, August 17th, you can hear Max Kellerman's new ESPN radio show, The Max Kellerman Show, 1 to 3 o'clock Central here in the Twin Cities on Score North. AM 1500. We appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Max Kellerman. Closing out game number two. But Fiala has made it interesting. His second of the game with Markstrom on his backside. And it's 4-3 with 7.7 to go. I just don't think we were committed to getting pucks to the net. and We were just too perimeter. Um, we've got to get pucks to the net and start our power plays like that. Um, obviously, our uh, PP the other night, we shot pucks, and we were, uh, you know, good things are going to happen, and, uh, you know, we didn't do enough. Of All right, so Fiala's amazing, but uh, not enough for the Wild. Although uh, Judd's famous uh, Furious Rallies team kind of made an appearance there in the third period. Yes, they did. Trying to mm-hmm. cut into a three-goal deficit. So. Yes, they did. Series tied at one. It is now effectively a three-game series the rest of the way against the Canucks. What's going to happen? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I will say this. The Wild in Game 1, Dex, played really well, and they yep. deserve credit, and, and they played a disciplined game, and they did everything that was necessary to do in that game to basically control it, okay? But the one thing, if you're a Wild fan, that you, if you thought this it was a mistake was, well, now we got them, and look at the Canucks are scared. The Canucks, the Canucks top six, forwards are really good and talented and they played a terrible game and and the wild deserves i'm not trying to discredit what the wild did but petterson and besser and that whole crew did not play well they just played a timid bad game they came back last night and played exactly how you would have expected them to play to start the series which is to say they imposed their will on the wild and that doesn't mean that the wild was completely crappy there were some things that were off but I really think now what we've seen through two games and with three games potentially left and the series being on now is is last night to me flipped the switch on the series itself. And make no mistake, 
Fiala and Elias Pettersson of the Canucks are special players, and I'm really curious now uh, seeing on, and by the way, Thursday afternoon at 1.30, we're Thank getting God. an afternoon game, so I am not sleep-deprived. I'm really <laughs> curious to see, starting with that game, what those two do, because the one good thing is, if you're a Wild fan, and Phil, we, we've seen this too for a long time, this team has had nice players, but I don't think they've had the star player to respond. Fiala is potentially that player. But we've reached the point now where where everybody has had has played pretty well and pretty badly, and now I think we can officially Declan start the series. Yeah, it, it, this is exactly what you feared if you were the Wild what they did in Game Two. The, the, their top line dominated. Obviously, they scored on the first shift of the game. Um, but in general, there is a ton of penalties. The Wild took a while to get going, and. For them to go into the first intermission tied at one, that was probably a win because Vancouver mostly skated circles around them. And then for them to just come back out and Vancouver, being Vancouver, was able to capitalize with their top players, if you're not able to slow them down, it's going to be a very, very long series. And I think the Wild can still rally, and I don't think they're dead by any means. But if if you don't slow down that top line of Vancouver, you're in serious trouble. But after that, you match up very, very well lineup-wise. So that's what you're going to have to do. You have to, you have to slow down that top six. And Alex Stalock although there were some goals you'd like to have him back, I don't. I didn't look at Staylock's game last night, and I, when I looked at the reasons the Wild lost, I don't put Staylock in the top three reasons why they lost yesterday. How sustainable is it to skate your first line so much more than all the rest of your lines like the Wild did last night? The Wild, if you look at some of the, just look like, it, and it may not seem like it when you're watching in real, but the, the Wild's top line skated almost 20 minutes each collectively. The stall line? Um, yep, the stall, yeah. Parisi, uh, Fiala line, right? And everybody else was under 15 minutes. It feels I don't know. I feel it just, actually that so, was that was hold, wait 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 I got my notes right here. So they started off with a top a top line of Greenway, Stahl, Fiala, and then the second line was wait for it Eriksson, Parisi, Cunning, Coyle. Yeah, but but here's but the the problem Scandella. the problem that got skewed ice time wise really badly last night was if you kill penalties. You never left the bleep and ice because mm-hmm. I, I believe the Canucks were one for seven on the power play. The Wild was zero for six, but these officials called everything. Yeah, and so dude. if you if you killed penalties, yeah, these refs haven't, haven't gotten to call anything in three months either. They're ready to rock and God. roll. No, I I I have I have what I'm convinced is the correct conspiracy theory based on, on the amount of penalties called throughout the course of this tournament so far. You want to fire it up? Oh, sorry. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> This has nothing to do with any one rogue or two rogue officials. This has to do with a league coming back from a four and a half month break. And that league was very concerned, very concerned about the amount of goals that would be scored because the offenses wouldn't be up to speed yet because basically it was an off season. They should welcome and, the, and score, so, the, the no, score fest. No, right. No, no. That's what I'm saying. So what the league, I think, told its officials is call everything you possibly can, create power plays, oh, I got and thus we will create more goals. I, th- Do you are, think that, that they'd be rusty five-on-five? Five yes. Is what? I, I'm, I'm saying that, that the offenses would not be up to speed yet five-on-five, five, but if you give them a power play, that helps them. So I think what we're especially seeing in this qualifying round is essentially the league is providing the offenses with steroids by having the officials. This, this is the juice puck. Fifteen penalties called in yeah. total last but night. But there have been a lot evenly distributed. But, so. th- but this but this has been the story in a few games. 
And to me, it's the juice puck. They're, they want goals because fans like goals, and I don't blame them, but they know that if they just throw them five-on-five five out there and say, go score goals, that might take some time. See, the, but it, and this is like a whole other conversation, but if the NHL has had a conversation, if Judd's conspiracy theory is right, if the NHL has had a conversation in any way that says, hey, let's do this to increase scoring, yep. and if this is call more penalties to create more uh, odd man situations and power plays, I would say, well, why don't you look at your five-on-five as a sport and figure out, if you want more goals, figure out ways to create more scoring chances five-on-five as a league, whatever that may be, wider ice, whatever. But I think that 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 is, if this was March, I think because the offenses are in sync by March, it's not as big a concern. This is is basically coming back from opening night on and saying instantly, how do we juice the puck to get more goals as quick yeah. as possible? And, and look, by the second round, five on five, you, you might have scoring. I just I believe that the league was very concerned about players offensively and offenses as a whole in their attacks being rusty. And so they essentially said, how can we help that to create goals? Hey, breaking a hockey game down like it's a football, football. game. <laughs> With Declan last night on Judd's Hockey Show at 1 a.m., baby. I yeah. want what you can find, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. Declan was on uh, fire. I great. want Declan's analytical oh. expertise yes. on Vancouver winning 43 face-offs to Minnesota's 25 <laughs> oh, this, last night. This was in the show last and the, night. And the impact on Go. possession and jumping out to a three-goal lead, obviously. So, I mean, yes, the, the Canucks dominated the face-off circle yesterday and there is something to be said if you're winning faceoffs naturally you're driving possession you're going to be able to control the puck and, and move it to the offensive zone um usually the wild are are, are a decent faceoff team Miko Koivu is a good faceoff centerman so is Joel Yolarksenek but Vancouver has more has more talent in in the faceoff dot I didn't really look at what happened in the faceoff circle as the reason necessarily why the wild lost last night I think they were able to create a fair share of high danger chances. And in fact, they did create more high danger chances last night than Vancouver. And so that would be defined as chances in front of the net. That would be hard to stop. So that's a high danger chance. Um, but the face-off circle point to me, I don't know. I, I don't want to really, that's completely irrelevant, but I, I think it's really splitting hairs as the reasons why the wild lost last night. And even looking more at the analytics, like Kevin Fiala is flipping unbelievable in these two games. He has three goals, obviously 11 shots he has single-handedly been on the ice for eight high-danger chances. So, like, this dude is carrying the Wild. And the one player who is really dragging things down, who probably had one of his worst games in a long—well, not in a long time. A, 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 it, it's, it's a theme from when the season was paused, was Matt Zuccarello. Matt Zuccarello has been awful uh, over the first two games. In fact, in terms of Corsi, he is the worst player on the ice for the Wild. When he has been on the ice, the opposition has been out-shooting Minnesota 65% of the time. Oof. It's so, only a five-year contract, Declan, for $30 no, million with a no-move clause. Don't oh worry about it. My God. So I, I was, I really want this guy to work here, and I think also putting him in a situation to be more successful, and that would be pairing him with Kevin Fiala, would be the reason to do it. would be the way to go about that, because him on the third line with Galchenyuk, who also had a rough game, and Marcus Foligno, who I do like but isn't necessarily a, a superstar or an offensive player, Put Zuccarello with the best offensive weapon you have in Kevin Fiala. That's what I would do if I if I was Dean Evison. I would put him on the top line and try to maximize his value. So the faceoff thing, I think, can be broken down very much so to the to the grandeur of this. Okay, 
I think the faceoff theme is is if it's four on four, or if it's fourth line, fourth line, and you win a faceoff, okay, cool. If you lose a faceoff, okay, that's fine. Where I would like to see the Wild have more success is when their top end guys are going against the Canucks top end guys to establish immediate possession, and this is debated in the hockey community big time. There is the Shut up about face-offs. You, you're too in love with trying to win them. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, community. And then there's the, no, it's it's uh, super important. I fall into the, give me the situation and predicament, okay? Yeah. And the situation and predicament is the Canucks' top six is highly skilled. And when they are firing on all cylinders, as a lot of them were last night, if they have possession, it's a problem. Uh, the other thing is look at Fiala's goals his three goals in the series. And I believe that they all have started with a face-off win that gets him the puck, and he has that quick release that's incredibly um, dangerous and fast. If you win face-offs in the offensive zone and get it to 22, and he gets a, and, you know, let's say the face-off is won by Stahl. He draws it back to Dumba. Dumba over to Fiala. Would have rode in? <laughs> no, back, no, I, I don't want to pass too much. Back down the stall? If you win that face-off and get Fiala that shot, guys, it's a big deal. And it's a problem. So so to look at the face-off stats as a whole and just say, well, the Wild sucked and that's a huge mm-hmm. problem, I don't think drills down to what the issue is. The issue is I need my top-end guys to win the face-offs against the Canucks' top-end guys because possession, if the Canucks have it with the Pedersen and Besser group, becomes a problem. And just as importantly, I want to create as many shots off the faceoff in the offensive zone as possible because Fiala is incredibly dangerous there. So that that that's how I would break down hockey as football into the faceoff game. And for the record, on the season, Toronto... Philadelphia and Vancouver are the top three face-off percentage teams. So you kind of knew going in that you were facing mm-hmm. one of the best face-off percentage teams. Yes. And I don't know, like, you guys know way more about, about like, the effect of winning or losing a face-off on the flow of play. But I just think if you get dominated, if, if you go into a game and say, hey, they're going to win two out of every three face-offs tonight, what's your, what's your strategy to combat that? Right. Um, it just it would seem to me that you're exhausting a lot of energy trying to get the puck back. And then also trying to score. It's just it's such a it's such an extra step when you're losing that many faceoffs. Yes, and uh, I can see how you would you would not win a game in which you allow two out of every three faceoffs to go the other way. My question is this: off of game one and game two, Pedersen in game one was basically a ghost, non-existent. The Wild played well again. Not bashing them, but he did he ba- he came out and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, his first career playoff game and did nothing. Okay. Game two, he asserted himself both in his skill and physically and was great. My question to the Wild is, what's your counter now? So, like, what what are you going to come back with against him on Thursday? My honest belief is, is your best game plan for him is you have to get, and I don't, Say this, Phil, in a fighting way, just to to be clear. So don't jump me here. But you have to get, <laughs> but you have to be physical and body him up consistently. And, and he see, he seems like the type of kid who, if you if if he gets himself asserted early, it's a problem. If you take away his will to play early, that's a problem for him. So on Thursday, what I want to see is what is the Wild's philosophy and approach to him? Because if he gets going, 
He is off the charts good. If he gets frustrated, he is he's okay, but he's not great. Um, and I also I don't think that they're gonna. I, uh, aside from Hartman possibly being out because he was uh, shaken up on a hit from Pedersen late in last night's game, and it looked like it might be ahead. Aside from him possibly being out because he's hurt, I don't think they're going to make any drastic lineup changes per se. No. Uh, but Dex and I talked about this on the show that we did last night after the game. Is Greenway going to be left on that first line, which I would not do? He did not play well. And Galchenyuk, his game last night, unacceptable. Now, I don't think he can be scratched, and I wouldn't scratch him. But I think that there needs to be a long heart-to-heart and say, dude, when you're playing hard and playing well, that is awesome. When you get cute and see yourself as this centerman who can make plays, that's a recipe for problems. So between Zuccarello and Greenway and Galchenyuk, is the approach in Game 3 going to change? Because they have to do something. And mm-hmm. Galchenyuk, to me, last night was a minus. He he was a negative player for you. And, and as your third-line center, if that happens... In a playoff game, that's an issue. So I don't think that they're going to make lineup changes. I think Stalock starts in goal again. I do think that there are definitely guys that you need to see come back in game three and play a different game, Declan. And Galchenyuk's turnover, which caused, which led right away to a goal for Vancouver, this is the offensive up-tempo game that Dean Evison wants to play, and he's he wants his players not to be afraid to make mistakes in the offensive zone. So when Galchenyuk makes that turnover, yes, it's frustrating because it leads right it leads right away to a goal. But this is a team that's now playing a completely different style, and I'm for it, and I think the style can work. But that is the consequence of potentially making an, a dangerous offensive zone turnover, especially with a team like Vancouver who can get in transition quick and pop one in. What are you doing though with a drop pass? I mean, yeah, don't dude. be an idiot. I agree. I, I give you I give you freedom, and you do that with it. Football, like that's like that's like I give my. 20-year-old son the car, and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Kid, you can have the guy. He wraps around a pole. It gets drunk. <laughs> Don't be an idiot. I love it. Well, you can find all of that hockey breakdown and more. Judd's Hockey Show, Apple, Spotify, was a deep dive, I'm not going to lie to you. Declan and I, deep dive late at night. Oh, These yeah. 9.45 start actually. times are very difficult. Okay. Very difficult. Key question. How long did Mackey last this time? Halfway through the first period. Oh, my God. Whoa! Passed out. God. Passed out. Couldn't do it. I mean, you got it to the third period was, on Sunday, right? If it's if it was a clincher or game five or, like, the actual playoffs, okay. all right, I'm in. I'm honestly, like, this Vancouver series, it's a fake playoff series. I'm just going to say Can it. I dig it's down? It's a fake playoff series. Did you try? So I'm kind of interested. Did you fall asleep on the couch trying to watch right. or shut the TV off and just go to bed. No, we have a TV in our bedroom as of a month ago. Okay. And so clutch it's, 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 well, clutch, but it's also easy to put something on and then just conk out. So It's actually, um, I, I've seen studies about this, not good for the relationship. What, a TV in the bedroom? Yep. Takes away from other things. Intimacy time? <laughs> yes, yeah. it does. And guess who's got a TV right in his bedroom? <laughs> the Zolgads. The Zolgads got that sucker on all the time. I'm just saying I've read it's bad for the relationship. Uh, well, we're going to launch a new relationship podcast with Judd Zolgad starting next week. It'll be all about. I could take questions. Love Zolgad, yeah. I yep. could take questions and give out really good advice and answers. And speaking of guys who can give good relationship advice, let's wrap with Patrick Ricey. Yeah, this, this is a good ball club right here. Elbow bumps along the way. Wrist bumps. And your Twins are 9-2. and two. All right, Pat. The Twins, uh, they, they completed the first half sweep of their home-and-home home series against the AA Pittsburgh Pirates. 
And we actually spent the first 15 minutes of the show ripping Jose Barrios for throwing 40 pitches in the first two innings to that collection. But So I guess our expectations you are a little him. higher. I tried to defend him. Uh, but this, this te- it's, it's just kind of a shame that this is the best Twins team we've seen in a long time, and we're doing it patchwork in this shortened fashion that may not even finish. Yeah, that is uh, that is absolutely true, and uh, what is actually right now we're not seeing a healthy version of them either. Uh, with uh, Donaldson not in the lineup, and uh, I don't know who they're going to pitch. Dobnik, and uh, we get uh, who's, who's who? Are they going to run out there? On, Maeda. Uh, Maeda. Maeda is going to go Thursday. Yeah. And then after that, you're back to the opener uh, theory, right? So you're going to have to, you know, when you start playing Friday, you're going to have to play it with. Uh, with uh, Tyler Clippert as your starter or something like that. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, that. That certainly uh, Pittsburgh tried on uh, the first game of the series, but that was the yesterday. It was like, uh, okay, we don't have much chance here, do we? So uh, that what a collection, man, alive. That uh, who, who are these guys? We talked about that the other yesterday. That uh, we, you know, they're just running players out there that nobody's ever heard of. Josh Bell, he didn't long for this world. They're going to trade him. Yeah. How, how about the drone delay, Patrick? In 2020, it's yeah, very fitting that we had a drone delay. Why were we so paranoid? Did we think it was a terrorist attack or something with a little drone? What What, what do we, drones? Uh, what can drones do that scare people? Uh, do we know? I, I mean, they can drop. I, I, yeah, they can drop things on you. Explosive. I, they, I don't know. I don't know. Well, aren't they drones that we? Uh, shoot missiles out of the Mideast, but uh, larger ones than we saw yesterday, that's for sure. I saw that but, drone. It didn't scare me, Pat. That drone did not scare me one bit. No, Rocco said that uh, they, they were, for a minute they were afraid they are going to have to empty out the parking ramp next door to find the drone guy because they thought maybe he was on the roof. Uh, so what? You know? They, it, it was Lee Harvey there. Oswald? It was I was really worried. I don't know. Maybe you could have a little tiny machine gun in there or something. I, I don't know what it was. But uh, we're going to have a full-scale investigation to find out who uh, who had the little drone. I, uh, I, uh, I'm I kind of pointing the finger at Aaron Levinsky, the photographer from the uh, Star Tribune. He kind of likes those drones, too. Uh, when, he shot, uh, when he shot the Stearns County baseball with me, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, he took drones with him a couple of times to take the overhead shots of the country ballpark. So uh, I think Levinsky better be investigated here. It might have been him looking for the good shot at the at the ball game yesterday. <laughs> um, crowd shot. He was looking for the crowd shot. Yeah, it was no, great, I, great, yeah, okay, great yeah, crowd yeah. shot of the Pirates. <laughs> Pirates <laughs> twins clarified. <laughs> yes. Gentlemen, uh, another gorgeous day. Yeah. Uh, this is this is ridiculous that we that we uh, don't have uh, we don't have normal baseball season in this in the weather we've had. We will never experience again in my lifetime, which could be twenty minutes for all we know. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 terrible that we're not not playing a full. Hey, season. Patrick, we we are finding out that God likes to troll. God has decided I want in on the trolling fun of 2020. How can I troll these people? I'm going to give them days that are unbelievable during a pandemic. Either God or the late great Barry Zivan, one of the two, is, uh, is trolling us here. You know, maybe it's Barry Zivan winking at us, saying, "What do you think of me now?" Uh, with uh, you know, after, I think he died 
died there for the last year or so. And now we get this great weather in the middle of a pandemic. And every day you look at the headlines, they're promising, they're guaranteeing us it's going to get worse, right? We ain't seen nothing yet, according to today's uh, Star Tribune lead story. Well, that would probably that would probably uh, spell doom and gloom for the college football season, which I, we're all sitting here sort of wringing our hands over. At least I am, because it's the best Gophers team that I've seen in my life going forward here. Uh, Rashad Bateman. PJ Fleck has dirty pictures of Kevin Warren, though. He doesn't have Penn State. He's got a ten-game schedule. He doesn't have Penn State or Ohio State. He, they added another one, and they didn't get either of those teams. They yeah. added another game for him. But it's know. not going to. I don't think the season's going to happen this fall. Is what I was going to say. Do you think they play oh, college I, football? UConn just opted out today. Oh, they did. Yeah. Well, they should opt out permanently. They're, now that they're into the. <laughs> uh, now, that got, now that they've gotten into the Big East in uh, in. Uh, you know they're playing an independent schedule now. Or, or was this going to be their last year in that other conference? It might have been. I don't know. They're, you know they're going into back into the Big East and playing independent football. So, uh, yeah, I would guess it's what thirty seventy. But I tell you what, the Big Ten might have a conscience about this. Those fellas down south aren't going to. They're going to start off. The, somebody like Vanderbilt or somebody might say, "No, we aren't playing." But. Uh, Alabama and those people, they're going to play. They're going to start off anyway, aren't they? Yeah, I got to think that oh, they're the gonna, entire yeah. SEC is ready to rock and roll in about three well, or four weeks. Yes. How the hell is you going to play, though? Two out of every three people in Louisiana have the virus, for goodness sakes. I mean, it's been the, it's been the underreported state that because you had the, you know, Arizona and Florida had the big boost, but Louisiana has been horrible. It's, uh, you know, the, the the, uh, which doesn't surprise me because uh, the um, you know I, I, it looks like a non-hygienic place. Whatever the places I've been in New Orleans. Thanks, Doctor Fauci. Hygienic. You people are non-hygienic. I'm out of here. Bye. See ya. Yeah. Well, you've been on Bourbon Street. That is not hygienic. Oh no, it is not. It's fun, but it ain't hygienic. It is not hygienic. You know that my my old drinking place. I don't see it. See it uh, when I was down there in the seventies, and it's it, it's changed now because I was in there last time I was there. I went in just to have a diet coke for old times' sake. But they used to have men and women's underwear hanging on the uh, the ceiling of the place, the mm-hmm. old absent house. They throw uh, they throw undergarments up there, so that can't be hygienic. No, that's probably not very hygienic <laughs> no, whatsoever. That can't be good. The virus has got to like that. The good thing, Patrick, though, is that we all know college football players, no question, are going to quarantine. They're going to stay in their dorms or apartments. They're not going out to bars. They're not going out. They're they're just going to go to a class and play football and practice, and that's it. There's no way that they're going to violate the rules of quarantine. By the way, did you fellas see who was the latest uh, coach to get caught up in the empowerment of athletes? Mm Mm-mm. Our, our girl, Marlene, at Texas. Oh, yeah. USA Today, USA yes. Today, huge story on it. Uh, she is, uh, she's got no chance to survive, I, I would say. Uh, I, I don't know how they hired her, but when the Final Four was here, mm-hmm. I, on a Sunday, I was, I was going to do a piece on Texas Tech fans because they were like the outlier of this tournament here, and now they're going to you know, the non-basketball school, and they're in the finals. And I went to the loon, and there were, you know, there were 
like four Texas Tech student age, a little older than students in there. And one of them was the among the seven female basketball players who had already quit Marlene at the end of her first year. Uh, she'd already had seven quit at the end of the, during and after her first season down there. And on the record, she had some very unkind things to say about Marlene. Off the record, she had some much worse things to say about Marlene as a human being. Yeah, the so. story says, I'm reading the summary from the big lead here. The emphasis on maintaining an elevated heart rate during play drove two players to eschew taking over-the-counter painkillers in an effort to use the pain to keep their heart rates spiked. Um, <laughs> that's psycho. Uh, Emma Merriweather, a six foot five center, said she was admonished by coaches for displaying symptoms of depression, for which she was eventually diagnosed. She was also allegedly told by one of the assistant coaches to snap a rubber band on her wrist when she had a negative thought. <laughs> yeah, this is Marlene's team. What? Yeah, forget therapy, forget bite medication, uh, antidepressant. Snap that rubber band, you'll be fine. Like Good man God! It's not like my old man and his copper band for arthritis, right? Yeah. It continues that the the player who experienced depression. Uh, said she had a panic attack and the driver pulled over to make sure she was okay. She also had a panic attack in the stairway on her way to the workouts, fearing her coach's tempers. She was scolded for displaying symptoms of depression, for which she was later diagnosed. <laughs> but then it, then it adds, Merriweather said Marlene Stallings told, so she had uh, an emotional support dog, and she told her dog was a was told her dog was a distraction from basketball and asked a group of boosters if somebody wanted the dog. An emotional support dog? This is Marlene Stallings, the person that we talked to on on our show who wouldn't say basically boo? Yeah, she was a regular guest on our show. Sounds like a pretty terrible human. But, I mean, she she didn't say anything. You know, she had a good, decent year here and went to Coyle and said, I got a chance to go to Texas Tech. And she said, said, well, you have a good time down there. Yep. Enjoy yourself. It sounds like she didn't actually want the job at Texas Tech, but wanted more money from the Gophers, and they were like, oh, that sounds like a great opportunity for you. She ran off an emotional support dog. Think about that. He was trying to figure out a way to get rid of her when she had a halfway decent season, and then she came in, and I think uh, that's the happiest he's ever been, Uh, you know. It's, the saddest he's ever been was when Tracy Clays beat Washington State. That's the happiest he ever was. When <laughs> Marlene came in when Marlene came in and uh, and said, uh, um, "You know, I'm going to. If you don't give me an offer, I'm going to Texas Tech." Very good, thank you. We, we appreciate you. Amazing. <laughs> Enjoy it, Pat. Amazing. All right, Pat. We got uh, we got to run, but we'll talk to you on Friday. One other thing about her, she always takes her hairdresser with her on road trips. That's my favorite too. Oh. Yeah, one of the seats on the plane, hairdresser. Are you serious? Bye-bye. Good for her. Bye bye. I could have never told that. It's a great anecdote. Yeah, I love that. Marlene Stallings came on our show no fewer than like eight times or something. It felt like, and she never basically. I mean, she seemed very skittish and She's pretty quiet. Didn't say much and very, uh, not very nice. I, I never, I never would have suspected that she played a role in uh, cutting from the roster an emotional support dog. Yeah, that seems like a that seems like a, a battle that you probably don't want to pick. No. Um, well, elevated heart rate. That's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. You can find our football centric shows, Viking centric shows, Purple Daily Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, 
and also the Scornorth YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Scornorth and youtube.com slash Mackie Judd. See you guys. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.